Welcome to episode 120 of The Digital Life, a show about our adventures in the world of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me today is special guest, entrepreneur, product designer, and artificial intelligence expert, Giuseppe Taibbi. Welcome, Giuseppe. Thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to be here. So for our topic this week, we're going to explore helping companies infuse design and UX strategy into their culture and structure, something that, uh, that you, Giuseppe, and, and myself have a lot of uh, battle scars doing. So I thought that'd be a good topic of discussion for us. There's, there's a trend in uh, the, the, the UX and design community in the industry right now of bringing design in-house. No longer going to be outsourcing design, but design becomes key to uh, company strategy. It's the, we want to be the apple of X company uh, or X industry. And so in order to do this, you start building your internal design team and uh, you make design a business driver. Um, and that is the, the trend. There's big salaries being paid out for chief design officers. They're building internal design teams. But not all companies maybe should be driven by design or, or really want to be. And there's a certain level of commitment that you need to have uh, in order to make this successful, uh, as, as we well know. So uh, one of the things I thought we would discuss is that uh, many companies are constructed to do one or just a few things very well, which is produce that product or service uh, that they're, they're doing currently. And, and so how, how, when we go into a, a company, uh, can we overcome the sometimes overwhelming inertia against change and innovation and design? How do you, how do you uh, reorient a, a company, whether it's a, um, a startup or a, a midsize company, I mean, uh, to, to become more design-driven? Well, it's, a, it's an excellent question, and of course, uh, we could talk about that for a very long time, but I'm going to try to distill it in a couple of uh, uh, phrases, and then we can further elaborate. Well, the very first thing that I would like to say, I will quote um, Steve Jobs, and you know, the very simple but very hard-to-do thing that he said, which design is the product. So that is, that is one thing to keep in mind. So a product that has not been designed will have a lot of trouble, uh, even though you know, it might be successful for a while in the marketplace, might not be as sustainable. Uh, the other thing I would say is that that's probably one of the biggest reasons why design uh, is still... In its infancy, I would say, as, at least as far as uh, being widely adopted, is that design can be, and most likely, most often is, a very expensive function to, to have in your company. Unless you have had the sort of uh, ability to start your company with a design mindset and have a designer as one of the founders, it's extremely hard to bolt design right into an existing, you know, rocket ship or something that is going on its own trajectory. And to do that is actually an imperative because if you want to be successful, you need to do that for most companies. I would say 
a challenge actually to to to, com to consider <laughs> which company doesn't need it, because <laughs> design is not just like drawing lines or putting pixel pixels uh, on a screen. It's a lot more. It's being considered and thoughtful about what is it that you're doing, and, and, and then taking. It's, it's like, you know, in a oversimplified way, it's probably the exercise of taking the, the problems and, and the mistakes out of the ship product and keeping these mistakes uh, while you are building the product before mm -hmm. you actually release it. Uh, so so that, that requires a cultural shift uh, on numerous levels. And, and again, very few people are probably equipped even understand that kind of challenge. It's not just a matter of hiring one chief designer officer and then hope for the best. Right. Yeah, I think uh, part of the expectation uh, when, when you're an outside consultant is that there is some magic dust that, that you have that you can sprinkle on a, on a product um, and then it will be well-designed, even if design wasn't part of the process. So sort of coming in at the end, right? And uh, some, some people call that putting lipstick on, on a pig. Uh, but, but the expectation is that if, if design is, is incorporated at the end of the process, that is going to solve a certain number of problems, which will get you over that hump. Um, I find that, uh, you know, one of, one of the one of the key things that that is missed uh, when when incorporating design into an organization is really getting buy-in at at all the different levels. So, uh, you know, when it's the executive team has you know some some vision of where the product needs to go, um, the managers uh, value design as part of the process and it's not seen as a waste of time or you know talking to customers and incorporating. Uh, User-centric feedback is is seen as as valuable at the management level, um, and then finally that 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 the makers and doers, the engineers and the um, sort of boots on the ground people who are who are building the product uh, also have uh, an understanding of appreciation of and 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 can see the value in in design you know across the product. So all of those levels need to be working together. What I've seen a lot of is there is some attention paid at, at, the, at the senior level, but only to the point where you want to become, you know, known in your industry for design. And, and that's it. That's the total vision um, of, of, of the product. That, that small sort of phrase is just repeated over and over again. And then uh, when design deliverables do show up, the uh, the implementation falls apart, right? So because you don't really have executive buy-in, um, and it's more about sort of making sure this thing gets released quickly and and not correctly. So have have you you know in 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 the many times that you've been a chief product officer, uh, you know what are what are the scene, some of the things that you've seen. Uh, that have been successful for achieving buy-in at sort of that that executive level for design. So this, this is, these are all excellent points, and I would say that it's a pretty clear pattern. That is, uh, 
you have a shot at getting design into the process almost really only if it is at the beginning of the process. The, otherwise, in the middle or towards the end, you know, you can call it more like window dressing or mm -hmm. uh, you can call it lipstick on a pig or whatever other fabulous uh, American way of saying things <laughs> <laughs> you might come up with. But it's never like a, a, a really effective function. The, mm -hmm. It's not a thing that can be really easily bolted, especially on a, on a product that is complex. You may do it in some kind of sub-portions of the product, mm -hmm. perhaps, but unless you embark on some kind of real, at least redesign of an existing product, mm -hmm. then you really get into something that is not going to make anybody really happy. Mm -hmm. And especially the user, you're gonna go into like a very longer uh, shipping, uh, you know, uh, times. Mm -hmm. uh, the engineers will be frustrated because engineers, the, the engineers are happy when you give them something that doesn't change, because to make that something already will take a lot of their creativity and hard work. So if you go there in the middle, you change something, then all sort of hell breaks loose. <laughs> and for all the, you know, they, they are unhappy. And when you have unhappy engineers, uh, and then go through and try to ship something. So, so that's, that's to say that I've, I've seen uh, design working great for new products, possibly even new markets, mm -hmm. something completely blank slate, where you get the design from the ground from the very beginning. And it stays and it continues to drive that. And to make that work, there has to be leadership who deeply understands that. That has done its own process and, and like coming to that realization. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, if it is an item on Excel spreadsheet, this much for like design consultant, and it stays like that, then it's just going to be not nearly as effective as it should be. Right. So... What do you think the role is of, you know, the sort of the combination of education and I don't want to call it, uh, uh, maybe, maybe patience is the right word or uh, uh, maybe not tolerance, but understanding that, that, uh, that the design process takes time and that it, you know, that ultimately the, the, the business driver, you know, you want, you want users to love the product and to to uh, be loyal to to your company brand and to buy your uh, uh, further iterations of the product, but we're so driven by quarterly cycles here in the states, especially uh, uh, public companies. How do you achieve that executive level strategic patience to see the, the design fully realized in a product without you know, sort of bending to the uh, um, to the pressures of of the quarterly uh, release or the quarterly cycle. I'd say that one of the ways in which this this very challenging concept can be tackled is by creating a design garden mm -hmm. inside your company. It can be small, but it's something that you can watch grow 
and, and, and gives the, the opportunity for the leadership, for the executives to get involved even a tiny bit and see the whole process from beginning to the end, even if they see it once. Mm-hmm. That would create a numerous amount of uh, aha moments, mm-hmm. which then will be keeping the, the leaders to make some critical decisions with the confidence that they will lack otherwise. Right. That if you take those steps in this decision, then there is a significantly superior outcome that will give your company and your product tons of advantages over the competition and will win way more customers. And we'll also have all the benefits in reducing the customer support and the total cost of uh, making the product itself and overall raising the happiness of the employees uh, and all that. But you have to see it and experience it. You you can't just read about it or watch a TED Talk and say, yeah, I get it. Because you actually don't get it. Right. Yeah, that's... I mean, that goes back to what we were talking about at at the beginning of the program, which was that companies are built to really execute on on a few things well, and they're optimized that way. So so this this design garden or your innovation lab or whatever you want to call it, the safe place for experimentation and prototyping and testing and things like that, um, I've I've seen a lot of companies... uh, using that strategy to create uh, a space for, for design to happen, uh, maybe not separate from the, uh, uh, the, the corporate structure entirely, but slightly set apart, slightly um, protected in a way, um, so that those ideas can grow without necessarily being uh, squashed in their infancy. Um, and then never, never truly allowing uh, that to succeed. I, I must say that the, um, it's very easy to talk about uh, convincing people to be patient, or um, uh, you know, in the initial stages of an engagement, uh, every, everybody getting that buy-in and, and saying yes, we, we are going to have a design vision and follow it. Um, I find that it gets a lot more difficult when when you encounter friction, right? So so when when the rubber hits the road, and then all all of a sudden, uh, you, you know, the the software just has to ship, you know, because you know of of uh, reasons from you know investors, of pressure from competitors, of um, you know just the the realities of you've got this payroll of, of developers going and, and you need to show some results. Um, and so, so when there's friction and tension that the natural human tendency is, is, or, or what I've seen is, is just to go on this march and, and, and go with what you're familiar with. Right. And so if, if a, a company structure is not familiar with design, but is familiar with shipping product on a certain uh, rhythm, it's easy to fall back into that rhythm under pressure. So, so how, how do we mitigate that on, under, you, you know, even the best of our intentions to introduce product design and product management in a, in a scenario where you start to get pushed? Um, how, how, do, how do you resist that and pull back a little bit? Well, there's, there's, a, there's a very 
interesting pattern that you observe uh, across uh, almost every organization, which is that very rarely, and this is kind of shocking, but it's true, uh, there is a clear process to really gather feedback from customers. And, and very rarely there's like a clear path for mm -hmm. that feedback to get to the decision makers and sure. influence their decisions. So in a way, this is a, this is a process that everybody should have, that it's the foundation of good design, because if you don't have a sense of what people, what kind of pain points are they experiencing, you know, maybe they're happy with your software, but they wish uh, they have other problems to solve and maybe an opportunity for, for your new feature or new module mm -hmm. to start being developed with that kind of uh, uh, mindset. And, and so that might as well be one of these like uh, design gardens. If you want to be more aggressive, you're a little bit more of confidence and if you find that you want to, you can take more calculated risk. And for sure, starting by providing something like a forum or, or an advisory board or a customer satisfaction, something like that, for, mm -hmm. for getting consistently feedback from, uh, from users, that, that is a great. And then, and then tracking that right. and see how much are we, you know, if in a month or two or three, are users saying that they have the same problems or the same complaints? Then we haven't moved much yeah. in the right direction. <laughs> are we addressing something? Oh, well, so then I guess we're doing something right. How can we do more of that, faster, better? Yeah. Similarly, we should be also getting um, feedback collected from the salespeople who hear a lot of what are the wishes of mm -hmm. the prospective customers and trying to have that kind of build a map and then use that as the like a repository of information mm -hmm. from which to then work with design and and come up with ways to address uh, need real needs of right. the marketplace yeah that's all the way into product yeah that's 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 very true i think too often, you know, at least in in scenarios that that I've seen, it's 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 very easy for designers who are service oriented people um, to uh, acquiesce to to the wishes of of sort of the larger organization and and the the march to to release um, and. I think it's a good sign of of uh, you know maturity as 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 an industry that that digital design and and design strategy are, are being seen as as business drivers and as more important. But I know that it's uh, it's very difficult to understand all of the sort of business, uh, technical, and um, aesthetic constraints and and keep all of those in mind while uh, having the confidence to say yes we are going to go down this path and we will get there it's just not going to be in the same way that you've you've done it before um, and and to have that 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 confidence as as uh, uh, 
you know, as a designer, just, you know, takes time, takes experience and, uh, is, is not easily gained, not, 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 um, uh, not an easy thing to do. So, you know, ultimately, uh, some companies will, will be able to do that and others will have to kind of try a couple times <laughs> before they, before they get there. Right. It's a, it's a very good, very good point you raised that is that, you know, the designer's responsibility is sort of like communicating the value of design in, in, a, in a way that is uh, exciting and also demonst- demonstrates the, how much better off is the company by embracing design. So, so for sure, there's probably some opportunities there for designers to, to develop some kind of strategy Mm-hmm. To at every at every step of the way, there should be a very easy answer to the question: What are these designers doing exactly? <laughs> and oftentimes, that question is not that easy to answer. Mm-hmm. So that's somehow like a bit of a challenge for the designers to to make that clear at every step of the way. At the beginning, it's clear; everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their priorities, their day to days, and then, okay, what is this exactly that you guys are doing? That, that I'm sure you get that a lot, and you really want to have a, made very clear what is it the value that is being added. For sure, listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to the digitallife.com. That's just one L in the digital life and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward, if you're trying to remember something that you liked. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at goinvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Giuseppe, how can people get in touch with you outside of the show? Well, there's a, the, the kind of Uber contact page for me is actually an about me page, which is uh, about.me slash my first name, last name, which takes too long to spell. So I'll, I'll just let... Uh, yeah, we'll put a know, link up. I'll, I'll put the link there. That's like, I also am very active on Twitter. And again, it's like at Giuseppe Taibi, my first name, last name, all one word. Uh, I will. I plan to be more active on Medium, and so that should be plenty of ways already yeah. to get in touch with me. Sounds good. So that's it for episode 120 of the Digital Life. I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>